0: Welcome to the Fundraising Freedom Podcast with Mary Valoney. I'm your host, Mary Valoney, and this is the place where fundraisers come to be encouraged, empowered, and educated on how to raise more funds and have more freedom. Welcome to another episode. Today, we're going to be talking about the three things you need to effectively grow and multiply your cause. Now, if this is the first time you've joined the show, welcome. I know you could be anywhere, doing anything, and you chose to be here, learning and growing and trying to effectively raise more funds and hopefully, Uh, have some more freedom in the process. (laughs) Okay. So, hey, today we're going to talk about these three things that you need uh, to effectively grow and multiply your cause. And the reason why I wanted to talk on this topic is because multiplication is really what we're all about, right? Like when we join or when we start up an organization, our goal here is to affect as many people as possible in a positive way, right? We're trying to impact lives, help people that maybe have never been helped before. And so as you are thinking about how do we increase our donations? How do we get more people engaged? I wanted to talk today about the three things that you should really have in play, okay? And these things may seem like common sense, but they're really important that you're strategic about them. And I'm really big on strategy, having a plan, actually knowing where you're going so that you can actually get there. That's, uh, you know, I mean, silly, but at the same time, totally why we do this, okay? So whether you are the founder, whether you've been doing this for a long time, or whether you are a part of a larger organization and just got hired on as a development staff, you are in the right place. And today's episode is for you. For those of you who actually have a a pretty grassroots kind of cause, you are responsible for managing the board of directors. So the first thing that you need is you need an effective board. Some of you don't have to worry about the board of directors, you, you know, maybe are are part of that bigger cause. But for those of you who have had to either one, recruit them or two, actually manage them, you will find out very quickly and probably have already figured out quickly that it this is a difficult group of people to manage because they're not just a normal group of people. These are your bosses, You know, if you're on staff or you're, you know, a part of this cause, the board is actually, I mean, they are at the top of the food chain. I mean, they can make or break and they can decide and make decisions as a group to take your organization in a lot of different directions. So I just want to have a conversation with you, an honest conversation about your board of directors. Make sure that every single board member is in the right seat on the bus. It's all about having the right people in the right seats on that bus that's going in the direction that you want to take your organization in. And so I know when people start up a 501c3, they tend to just try and fill those seats with anybody who will say yes, because you can't get a 501c3, at least in the United States, without having a board of directors. And this is a group of people that are basically saying, we will honor the vision and mission of this organization. We will, we will put our names to this and say, that we will actually do what we say we're going to do. And you need that. You need community leaders, volunteers who are not getting paid, who will vouch for your cause. And that's what these people are doing. Now, many times we get confused and we think that the board of directors should be the, the group of people who are raising all of our money. Now, I believe that your board should have some skin in the game and they should be giving to your organization. I don't know how they got on your board if they don't financially want to participate you know when you care about something you give your time your money and your resources and so if you have board members who are not giving their time their money and their resources you should probably question why they're serving on your board and why they've been allowed to stay Okay, I know sometimes people just get grandfathered in, and then you came along, and you're like, "Oh shoot, I don't, I can't kick them off," you know. So, but I just want you to be really cautious of the fact that you need to have requirements for your board. And I'm not saying that they have to be your largest givers. I'm not even saying that they have to all financially give. I'm just saying that your your board has to be engaged in some way, and you have to have a reason why you invited them to sit on your board. Now, I understand that when you're first Getting started, once again, you just need to have those people in. Now, I tell every founder, every organization that's getting started, I just say, you know, go ahead and have those conversations with those people. Let them know that you want to invite them to serve on the board, but that it's probably going to be for a very short period of time because we're going to be then bringing in additional board members that are going to have a little bit more of expertise in the areas that you need for the organization. But right now, you don't even know what you need because you haven't even gotten started. So if they would be willing to help you by serving on the board, that is beautiful and that's great. But I just want you to have that conversation, otherwise they will stick with you and you will have a really difficult time transitioning them out of the board. Now, expectations and setting expectations are huge for the work that you're doing. So if you don't set expectations with those leaders, with those board members, they're not going to know how to serve and how to help you. So many times when people are looking to grow and multiply, I find that they have to start swapping out their board members so that the organization can grow and that those volunteers grow with the cause. So I know that it's hard. Many people are like, well, how do I, how do I fire a volunteer? How do I fire a board member? And it's not about necessarily firing a board member. It's just becoming clear about the job description. What does it mean to serve on the board of directors for your cause and make it really clear what the expectations are. Now it's fine. You can modify these board job description at any time, Nobody has rules set out that you can't make those adjustments based on the growth and the transition of where your organization is. So today I'm just gonna tell you, and not and I know not everybody has a board and they don't have to all work, you guys don't all have to worry about this. But for those of you who are responsible for the board, I want to challenge you today that if you are trying to grow and multiply your donations and the impact that you're making, you have to address this. It is the elephant in the room and you know that when you recruit somebody who is not an A-level, and if you guys follow any of the stuff that I do, I've got a a great grading system for our volunteers, but if they are not an A or A-plus volunteer, they will not recruit the right people in, and they will not set the example that you want others to follow. Your board is the bar. So when other volunteers are looking in, they're gonna be paying attention to your board members and saying, well, why should I do that if they're not doing it, if they're not coming in at that same level? Okay? So I just want you to see that this is the foundational group of people that you're bringing in. And so if you want to grow and multiply, you have to address this group of people and figure out a way that you can transition the right volunteers in or just have a conversation. Many of the people that I work with, it turns out that their board really isn't that, like as individuals, those people are pretty effective and those people are pretty darn connected and they're good for the board. But you may need to have a conversation to find out how how can you tap in to their superpowers? How can you tap into their network? How can you tap into their passion for the work that you're doing? Give them a role, give them something to really sink their teeth into, and give them a way that they can step up and make a difference in your cause and set the examples for others to follow, okay? So if you don't have a board of directors, obviously this is you know specific for that. We'll talk about those of you who don't have a board how you can still implement this idea and this concept. But I want you to first acknowledge for those of you who are either getting started or have a board, how to really work through this and transition into this new season. So, all right. So that's number one, your board. You need a solid and effective board. Okay. Number two, we're going to talk about your staff. And now every organization should have paid staff. I know that this is the cool thing to do. It's the the fad in the nonprofit industry is that we should have all non-paid volunteers, that somehow you are more efficient, that you are, you know, a better organization if you don't have any paid staff. And I'm going to tell you how many businesses are effective when people don't get paid? Not very many, right? I mean, after a while, people get tired because they're not getting paid and it's not worth their time. That's called a hobby. (laughs) Okay. So if you're volunteering with an organization, I mean, I just want to say like huge thank you for the work that you're doing. And I know that sometimes people are, you know, you're in a season of the organization where it's like, hey, they just really need our help. And I'm stepping up to do that. And I love doing this. This is fun. It's what I do in my spare time. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about you are a legitimate 501c3 nonprofit you are trying to build something you're trying to grow something that's really huge and is going to change a lot of lives I'm going to challenge you to consider paying your staff now I know that many of you guys are the executive director or that ministry leader the person who's in charge of the organization and you may not be paid right now you might not be getting a salary of any sort but I I don't know an executive director that I've had a conversation with when I asked the question, do you want to get paid? Do you want this to be your full-time job? Their answer is 99.9%. Yes, that's the dream. You know, the dream is that we would be full time and I would be paid to do this and I could leave my full time job and do this all, you know, all the time. I'd love to invest all my energy into this. So, in order for you to grow and multiply, you have to let go of having one foot in one boat and one foot in the other. I mean, you know how that works. If you're sitting on a lake, an ocean, a pond, I don't care, you're going to fall in the water, you know? I mean, you or you just can't go very fast. You're gonna go really, really slow. And that may be where you're at is that you're trying to, to juggle a lot of different things, but you can't be all in on that one thing that you want to do. And so in order for you to really grow and multiply, you have to have effective staff in place. And so, and that means you, if you're that ED, is that you have to be all in on this. And so the question is, how? I mean, ha- how do you do this? How do you actually get on staff? How do you Start to transition over into that space. And it really starts with you making a decision, cutting off all the other options, the word decision, size to cut off. So we need to cut off all the other decisions, all the other things that might be possible, the part-time work, the other, you know, great things that you've got going on in your life. And just really look at where do I want to put my energy when it comes to my career? And if it's this, then we're going to have to start looking at how do we cut off the other options so that we can grow and multiply this thing that we've been so passionate and excited about. Now, if you are working part-time for the organization, somebody else is responsible for hiring you. I understand that. I'm not saying that you have a whole lot of ability to make that change, but I just want, for those of you who have started up your own organization who are in charge of this, I want to encourage you to start moving towards that decision that you need to make to become full-time and to do this full-time. When I took on my staff position at the American Cancer society specifically, that's really where I felt like they had their stuff together. They knew what they were doing when it came to hiring and implementing what was required of each staff member. Now, when I walked in the door, and I've said this before on previous episodes, but I was responsible for $250,000. Now, most organizations are somewhere, you know, under that million dollar mark. We have nearly 600,000 organizations in the United States alone who are making less than a million dollars. And when you think about that, if every single staff that you have in play was responsible for $250,000 like the American Cancer Society did when I came into the staff, what could you possibly do? I'm talking about four staff, four people who are responsible for raising a million dollars. That's really all you need in order to raise the kinds of dollars that would take you into this whole new level, into this whole new growth phase. And when I took that position, $250,000 did not scare me. But I also knew that as I was walking in, that the expectation was significant, that they weren't going to hire me for a position. Now think about how much some of these positions are being paid. I know every organization is different, but let's just assume that you're getting paid somewhere between thirty dollars and $50,000 or thirty dollars and $60,000 for this development staff position or this executive director position. Why would you not be raising at least five times your income? four or five times your income in order to make your position worthwhile to even have on the payroll. So that's where we start to look at and be a lot more cautious and conscious of the fact that we need to have our staff that we pay turning around and increasing the income that's coming in so that we can multiply the cause that we're working in so having a staff position where somebody's really focused and maybe that's you right now as the executive director the leader that's raising a lot of money that's okay and that's what needs to happen but I want you just to increase maybe the thought process around how can we actually get to that next level and what' we're, what's the goal what's the responsibility of each person who's coming on so 250 thousand dollars is a a great number for you to consider for each member of your team to bring in income. Now, I'm not saying that you need that much money. I'm not saying that your cause needs a million dollars to run, but I would assume if you're listening to this podcast, you are looking to increase and get to that seven figure mark. You know that you're trying to get past maybe that five, six figure level that you've been sitting in for a while and you want to start moving into that next season. And how do we multiply that? So you can see here, I just want to pause for one. One moment and acknowledge the fact that you are actually way more in control of this than the environment that you're in. We like to look at the environment and we like to say, oh, but the economic crisis that we're in or this pandemic or whatever's going on in the world is playing such a huge factor. But I will beg to challenge you on that, that the only thing that's actually holding you back is you. And the only thing that's holding back your cause is that you guys are not sitting down and you're not having these conversations about how do we build an infrastructure that's solid enough to handle the season that we want to walk into, the growth, the multiplication. How do we actually move towards that? And that has nothing to do with the economy. It has everything to do with your strategic plan. What have you decided that you want to do as a cause and how are you going to move towards it? Now, I'm not saying that the same strategies that you used before all this stuff was going on are going to be as effective. I've said before that during economic seasons, like when we were in the Great Recession back in 07, 08, 09, you know, we used to get... Hundreds of donations that were coming in at a hundred dollars, or thousand dollars, or ten thousand dollars, and we started to see those numbers being cut in half to fifty dollars, five hundred. You know, like we weren't seeing the same numbers, and that's okay. It just means that you need to have conversations with more people, and your development staff has to come back and regroup and say, you know what, it's not going to be as easy as maybe it was in the last season. We're going to have to create new systems. We're going to have to create new processes in order for. For us to grow into that. So I just want to acknowledge the fact that it's we have a lot of control and we have a lot of power in this season to either increase or decrease the donations that are coming into the work that we do. But it, I do believe it's it starts with your staff. And so if you pride yourself on being an organization that does not have any staff, I mean that may be a part of your identity and that might be a part of what you guys push to the world. But for the most part, majority of the people here are looking to actually build out 501c3s that are going to grow and multiply. So if that's you, I'm going to encourage you to start stepping into this new season of where we have full-time staff who have responsibilities and expectations, job descriptions, in order to get us towards this big goal that we're trying to accomplish. Remember, remember that there are people waiting out there for your services. And if you don't have the money and you don't have the manpower to handle it, they won't get the services that they need. They won't see transformation, life transformation that you so desperately long for and the work that you're doing. I mean, that's why you do it in the first place is because we want to change these people's lives. And so more income, more discipline in this area is going to make a huge difference in your growth and your multiplication. The final thing I want you to be thinking about here is your volunteers. So we've talked about a board of directors as your volunteers. Now that is the the group that you need to even start up your organization, so that's a very different leadership role with your with your board members. Then we talked about your staff, those are paid positions, whether they're full-time or part-time, those are paid positions. And then we've got our volunteers. Now our volunteers are not paid. Okay. This may be you, but these are not paid positions, but this is what gives credibility to your organization is that you've got these people in the community who want to give to the work that you're doing, and they're willing to do it for free because they want to invest in what's happening. I've always said volunteers give twice as much than non-volunteers. So if you want to grow and multiply, Get more volunteers, increase your volunteers. Sometimes people sit back and they're like, well, but I don't even know what to do with them. If I got these volunteers, what would I even have them do? And I'm like, get creative, you know, get creative. There are so many things that I came up with that I was like, could I have done it myself? Could I have had some of our staff members do it? Sure. But if I had a volunteer, that meant that I had that company engaged. I had that person's family engaged. There were so many benefits to our cause by having somebody else do it. Now some companies will actually pay to have their staff volunteer for your organization or they they will give matching gifts to one of their individuals who gives to your organization. So if you can get someone to volunteer and and then ultimately statistics show that they are twice as likely to give, you will multiply the donations from that company and multiply the donations into your cause. I mean, like it is not rocket science. Okay. So that's what I want you to start thinking about is how can we be more strategic with our volunteers and actually be really specific about who do we want on our team? Now I want to address the advisory group here. This is something that I'm a huge advocate for. I talk about it in my book, Fundraising Freedom. I talk about it in the resources that I put out there, which by the way, if you have not picked up my free checklist or my free workbook, it's on maryvaloni.com com, And that actually gives you everything you need to go through the process that I teach on. So it's a free checklist. You just go through each one of the steps and I'd ask you questions and you just check it off. And then the workbook is actually templates to help you walk through some of the stuff that we're talking about on the podcast. But the template that I'm thinking and I want to drive your attention to is the workbook that I have on maryvaloney.com. There is a full template on there on how to recruit a volunteer who can serve in an advisory level for you. Now, this is very different than a board of directors. The advisory group is all about these are people who who are looking at your finances. These are people who are looking at your fundraising. They're not looking at your mission. They don't they're they're not really spending a lot of time thinking about how are many how many people are we impacting and how are we getting our message out to those people that we want to serve. They're not thinking about that population of people. They're thinking specifically about who can give and who can be a part on on a volunteer level in the area of fundraising. Some of you have the beautiful ability to only think about the fundraising side and others of you have twice the work because you are responsible for both the mission side and the fundraising side. So that's why I often tell people that I'm like, this stuff is not easy. You know, working as a helping and, you know, being a part of a nonprofit is twice as much work as working and running a business because you have to actually recruit people on your mission side. and you have to recruit people on your fundraising side. So kudos to each of you, especially those of you who are running organizations, because this is not for the faint of heart. This is a a really challenging industry that you are in. And so as we talk about these volunteers, I just want you to be really conscious of the fact that you have the ability to recruit the right volunteers, not just warm bodies to, to come and join your mission. We are being extremely strategic about who do we Want to invite in to the work that we're doing. So, in order to grow and multiply, we have to invite really specific people into our organizations and invite them to serve in specific areas that are going to advance the work that we're doing. So, if I'm running a fundraiser, I'm going to have a chairman, I'm going to have subcommittee members, I'm going to have volunteers that are all a part of this cause. In order for us to raise more money, we bring in more volunteers and the job description for those volunteers are very clear. Each volunteer has a fundraising goal. Now, nobody's going to join your fundraising volunteer team without seeing this job description, without seeing what it means to be a part of your group. So they're not going to say yes unless they agree to that fundraising goal. I'm going to be really clear here. If I volunteer, if I say yes, I want to be a part of your next fundraiser and I want to volunteer and help you with that, I'm going to know that there's probably a volunteer, like a a fundraising goal that's going to come alongside that. That's just normal and it makes, it's common sense. Okay. So don't feel bad when you invite somebody to serve on your fundraising team and help on your, whether it's an advisory team or whether it's on a committee, they know they wouldn't have said yes to it without knowing that, Hey, I'm joining this fundraising team because we're raising money. Common sense. Okay. So, but that's where people will choose the mission side of the work that you do if they don't want to raise money they're making a clear distinction to say, hey, I'd rather help on your mission side and and not so much on the fundraising great, I'm gonna encourage you to come volunteer in this role and here's what that looks like. So just have clear, definitive job descriptions around what that looks like. But when it comes to fundraising, if somebody says yes to that, I am all in to say, okay, here's the fundraising goal, here's what we wanna see people give to our cause. If they're gonna say they're on the fundraising team, that they're going to raise X dollars and they're gonna help us move towards that goal. If you're just getting started and you don't have an advisory group, this is clearly a core teaching that i teach is i believe extremely i believe so strongly i'm gonna go to the you know (laughs) go to my grave (laughs) pushing teams because you know in every single thing that you're a part of the better the, i mean the better the team the better the results right look at sports look at any sort of athletic team when you have a good team like not just a good team but like a really great team you win championships that's how that works. And so I want you to run a championship team for your cause for your ministry, for the work that you guys are doing, because that is how you grow and multiply is you build out winning teams. You don't just say, Hey, we're taking anybody and everybody come on in. You know what kind of team you're going to get a lousy one. (laughs) Okay. And that's why you might have a lousy team right now is because you just said, come on in. Everybody's welcome here. I love being able to invite everybody into the work that's being done, but just remember that there's different job descriptions for different roles. So if somebody has the ability to maybe they're not super mobile, but they're at home right now and maybe they're a little bit older and they value thank you cards, they could write those thank you cards for you. If they're great on the phone, if they're super personal, they could be picking up the phone and calling some of your donors and just thanking them or calling some of your volunteers and saying, we just appreciate you so much and just wanted to check in on you. You could have a whole crew of people who do that. So just think through, be really creative when it comes to how could we engage some volunteers to step up for us. Now, if I say I volunteer for an organization, I am aligning myself as a community member, I'm aligning myself with the values of that organization. And it says something about me. So I get something out of every single volunteer opportunity that I'm a part of. And every single one of your volunteers Finds value in what they're doing with you because it says something about them. So, if you watch any of these organizations and you see some of these people who are just die hard volunteers and they're like going crazy about trying to encourage people to do what they want done, you can see they find great value in that and they're getting a lot of reward. So, don't feel like you have to give somebody something in exchange for their time. They are getting it because they're making a difference. Now, think about yourself you are volunteering probably a lot of hours because you're not getting paid. And most people who who work in a nonprofit, they give way, way, way more hours than they ever get paid. So I just want you to be really thinking about this, about how many hours you're investing in the work that you're doing and where you could be shifting some of those hours into spending time on those job descriptions and sending people towards volunteering in those roles and helping to pick up some of those pieces. Maybe it's communication pieces, maybe it's phone calls, maybe it's some sort of teaching, a blog or a post or something that you could have them step in and help bring their expertise to the table. I just, I really believe that during this season, instead of being really passive and letting the world kind of just go about its business. I want you to step up and I want you to see the power and the control and the strategy that you have, that you can just really sit down with your team. You can start talking about how do we want to recruit volunteers during this season. And let's just start empowering our board, our staff, and our volunteers to step up in a way that they've never stepped up before. And this may be a come to Jesus meeting. This may be a sit down and say, you know what, what we've done in the past is not going to work In this season. We have to go back to the drawing board. We have to go back to our vision and we've got to start having these conversations about how and who, what, where, when, why. We've got to talk about all those things today. 2020, what are we going to do to move our mission forward? How are we going to grow? How are we going to multiply? Because the need is still so great and your people need you Okay. Uh, Something that a friend of mine had mentioned to me just this last week that it was really powerful for me. And I've, it's an exercise that I've done in the past. And I know a lot of you probably are familiar with, but just take out a sheet of paper and just write yourself a letter, write your organization, a letter from somebody who benefits from your cause and write that letter in today as though you have just absolutely transformed their life. You have done exactly what your organization has set out to do. Write that letter to yourself and let the let the words sink into you about why you can't just sit back and do things the way that it's always been done. That person needs you, needs you to be the best version of yourself, needs you to be really focused about the energy and the time that you're spending so that they can can get the services that your organization offers. This is just a a really important season. You know, it's going to make or break organizations. It's going to make or break people. We know that the mental challenges and that just keeping ourselves motivated and moving forward, this this is a tough season. So I appreciate you guys being willing to step outside of the box, try new things, really push yourselves at a new level. And so thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope that this was valuable. Once again, your board members, your staff, and your volunteers are essential to your growth and to the multiplication of your cause so today let's get down on paper what we want and let's go recruit volunteers who are going to help us move our mission forward and get out of the boat okay if it's time that you need to ditch the boat the second boat the second job the second you know two three four other jobs that you've got going on to pay your bills and just really look at how many dollars you need to raise for your cause, work your way backwards on it, and build out the team you need that's going to get you there. All right. If you need anything, reach out mary at maryveloni.com you guys know that i'm here for you if you are trying to build this out and you're like man i don't know what i'm doing i need some help reach out to me okay i've got resources for you i've got ways that i can help you so i don't want to leave you hanging or that you're out there trying to figure it out on your own so reach out to me mary at maryveloni.com and i would be happy to to connect and have a conversation and figure out how I can best help you move forward. So on that note, let's go change the world. One volunteer and one dollar at a time. We'll see you guys soon.